Welcome to Life on Mars, a podcast about technology, entrepreneurship, and innovation. You will listen to stories of the best founders, inventors, experts, and celebrities from all around the galaxy. What up? What up? What up? Welcome to the Life on Mars podcast. This is Alex, CEO and founder of Mars Space, and uh, I'll be your host today as usual. This has been a pretty, pretty weird week. We took a few days off. There was a bank holiday in the middle of the week, and then we had scheduled to record three different interviews, three different episode podcasts for the Life on Mars podcast with three speakers. And coincidentally, the three of them asked to postpone, so we had to move them to next week. So we'll be going into our archive of good interviews we've done in the past. And in this case, uh, this is a really special one. We did. We recorded during the COVID pandemic with the one of the co-founders and ex-CEO of Typeform, Mr. David Akuniev, to talk about how to step back and replace oneself as a CEO of a company. Um, so let's go and listen to the story of, of David, how he managed that situation, how he communicated to the people, to investors who took that decision how to manage this with your partner and co-CEO at the time. And uh, without further ado, let's listen to the interview. Let's jump into it. We had the pleasure of hosting David back in October 2017 in our first annual conference of Startup in Barcelona. And we talked about, you had recently announced a big round, if I remember correctly, something around 20 to 30 million. And uh, it was a great time for Typeform. I remember that was sort of what you were you were you were booming there. But your company your company has been around since I think 2012, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the, the product was released in in 2012. 2012. That started as a sort of a project for a client because uh, David is a designer. He has a co-founder Robert Muñoz. Um, you're not originally from Barcelona. One of the reasons I wanted to uh, bring this up is because Typeform sort of represents, for me, represents one of the first successes of the second wave of startups that are co-founded by uh, an expat and a local, right? Okay. The first wave of startups in Barcelona uh, was in the late 90s and the early 2000s. The success of these people brought them into being um, co-founders or, or serial entrepreneurs or angel investors in the second wave, but there were also new players. And in this second wave, we find companies that are much more international, global from the first uh, moment, from the first day, um, completely opposite to the first wave of startups that were mostly local staff, like, you know, Grupalia or Subtonic or Infojobs or things like that. They were regional, local for Spanish-speaking markets. Whereas in the second wave, we find you know, we find new type form. There's Cantox, there's Travel Perk. There are a lot of companies from Barcelona representing this sort of combination between a, a local, a Catalan co-founder and an expat. So uh, if you want to give a little bit of, of an explanation, how did you arrive here and uh, and and why did you co-found it for, with Robert before we go into, into the I mean, topic? I mean, maybe the first thing to say is that I think I arrived at a time where a whole bunch of other people arrived as well. I think like... Barcelona started pulling a lot of people uh, around like, you know, 2007, something like that. Um, I guess I was part of that wave. Uh, my story, you know, it, it starts in, in Belgium. 
it goes to the UK because my mum's uh, British. Uh, and then eventually through South America, where I actually started working in design because before that I was a musician. Yeah, uh, I remember that. I started a, let's say, uh, sorry, I started a web design agency in Bogota, Colombia. And that's where I really started like playing around with interface design and product design. And eventually I, I, I decided to move to Barcelona and it was because I saw like a TV program on the, on the TV in Colombia one day about like Catalan food. And I mm. was like, I have to go there. <laughs> so, so our marketing is good. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie. So, so, <laughs> so that, that, that pulled me in and I was, I was going to move two years after seeing that, uh, that TV program. And six months later, I had moved here with a six-month-old kid. And uh, yeah, just the pull of Barcelona, just it, for me, it had a lot of like great mixture because I'd spent many years before that in, in, in London and uh, I was tired of Colombia. I didn't want to stay there. It was kind of hard for me to work there. So Barcelona kind of struck like a nice mixture of like... You know, it was close enough. Like it's 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 in Europe. It's it's pretty centrally located now. I think you don't feel it's that much on the fringes anymore. Uh, it's cosmopolitan. The weather's great. You're next to the sea. You've got the mountains. It's got great culture. It's got so much to offer. Exactly. And it's such a beautiful city. So I understand by many people around the time which I came also kind of streamed into Barcelona. So I guess that's why you started. Uh, seeing a stream of people and also i remember the time when i moved telling people like hey i just moved to barcelona everyone's like yeah wow barcelona well what a great place like I party love right yeah no everyone seems to love barcelona it has this like this magic dust around it like internationally it's like everyone always raises an eyebrow when they hear the, the i always say it's probably not the best city in the world but it's everybody's favorite city in the world yeah right everybody loves it <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, what we it, it ticks so many boxes actually. Yeah, exactly. Like, there, there are cities which are better at things than Barcelona is, but in terms of like an all-round city, it's it's not too that's, big, it's not too small. Uh, it's yeah, it's just got a lot of things. That's why I say I always say we're an eight out of ten in every category, probably right. Yeah, that's a, a good way to put it. Yeah. So that's one of the things I wanted to to bring up is in Barcelona they they say. In Warsaw, for instance, uh, K-Fund, you know, the Spanish VC, they say that, Iñaki Rola always says that uh, in Spain, we've got three startup ecosystems. There's Barcelona, there's Madrid, and there's the expats in Barcelona, right? Okay. And um, one of the things that really strikes me is, is how you behave as a company in Typeform is that even though you've been, you know, an integral part of the ecosystem, you're really well connected and everybody knows you, you've always been playing like on your own. Like you've always been out of the spotlight because you wanted you you are now, you've been in Poblano for many years. You want to be in your own office there in Poblano, which is not surrounded by many startup things. It's not, you know, it's not Piero One in Barceloneta, for instance, or it's not the Plaza Catalunya. Why did you take that, that decision? Is it kind of like a distraction thing or just because it's cheaper? The, it's a cultural you, thing? You mean the location of the office? Or the location, yeah. Okay. Well, there's two things because you mentioned that we... We're not that active in the startup community. So, yeah, I mean, location-wise, we just found this fantastic space, which is just on the edge of Pobleno in Bag de Roda with Gran Via. And yeah. we just thought it was perfect. So for us, we, 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 
we wanted to be central enough, but we didn't have to be in Poblenó. We also looked around Poblenó and we would have got something in Poblenó had we found it. But we found like the right space in on the edge of, of uh, uh, on de Roda. Uh, but we have two offices, actually. We have an, our old office is still in Poblenó and that's the one that we moved out of. But we kept yeah. and we split the teams across those two offices. And then uh, in terms of us, like being a little bit apart from the ecosystem, I guess that's kind of mine and Robert's characters more than anything. I don't think we were that, we're not great networkers. I think like we just prefer to maybe just like get on with our work and do stuff and we don't like all the publicity and so forth. So mm. I think we've, we've kind of shied away. And for example, in the last two years, like I, I, I refuse most interviews just because like I want to focus on work and, uh it's not that i'm trying to be difficult it's just like uh it's I, i'm not interested in building up my personal let's say uh persona i'm more interested in just like adding value serving customers and if i have to talk about it once in a while like i'm doing today then i'm 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 okay to do it but there are founders and ceos which just go around conferences the whole time and that's good for them and good luck to them that's that's not something that I've wanted to do or be that active in the local community either. All the more reason to thank you for, for your time and for joining us in this interview because uh, Typeform is sort of the, it's, it's, it's a weird phenomenon because it's a company that is perceived to come out from the US. So everybody thinks you're from the US yet you are from Barcelona. Like even the CEO of Starbrand was like, oh, you're going to bring Typeform from the US to your conference in Barcelona? It's like, well, they're just, you know, a bunch of metro stations away. So how did you achieve that? I know that Paul Campillo played a, you know, a key role in that, but uh, you achieved that sort of like tone and vibe or, you know, attitude from yeah. a, like Californian vibe? Yeah, I think that's from our early days, to be honest, because I think mm. the standard of products which are coming out of Barcelona uh, is, is far superior now than when we first started. And I think we... definitely. We brought like design as a design first culture to 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 building a startup in Barcelona, and maybe there weren't that many startups doing that at the time. And maybe now you're seeing like the design is super important. So you see well-designed products coming out of Barcelona. You see more and more good product designers coming out of Barcelona. Whilst at the time, maybe you know, because we've been going what now eight years. And that's a long time in tech. Uh, and back in the days, like there wasn't that much of it. So that's why I think maybe people just automatically thought maybe we were from 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 California. But I think it's probably people from from Barcelona or, or surrounding Spain that thought that. Even even people in the US, like yeah. our CEO at Startup Rain, he's from California, he's from the Bay Area. <laughs> the design, or you know, we had like a very clean look, and it's it's evolved as well. Like we've kind of like marked our identity on our own branding now and i think it's yeah. it's very reflective of the culture and maybe even barcelona so yeah uh. I think, and it goes to show that you're a designer the fact that after stepping down from being a ceo co-ceo with robert uh you're leading a new project right you're leading the new r d line at typeform and you're if you want to talk a little bit just briefly about video ask and why is it become sort of your focus yeah. project right now so, let's just say that i got into type to doing typeform not because i wanted to be the ceo or lead a company like yeah. robert just had a good idea and we thought like it would be great to get this into the hand of customers 
So we basically built a product that was Typeform and someone had to kind of lead the day-to-day business. So we did it, the two of us together because we were the founders, but we never like said, hey, we really want to be like, like CEO. In fact, that's why we stayed co-CEOs for so long because no, neither of us had the ambitions to be like a, let's say, CEO. So, you know, we're both from more product backgrounds. And so I started Typeform as a product designer. And the, the larger the company, the bigger the company got, the more like the company needed me as a CEO and less as a product designer. So uh, I was kind of just like extrapolated gradually over the years away from like product and away from what I love. Uh, and I mean, there's so much detail here, but, uh, you know, I, I, I grew tired of that dynamic and I, I really wanted to get back to product. I didn't see myself as a long-term CEO or like dealing with all the day-to-day yeah. things, being a manager. So I wanted to get back to, to product and, you know, me and Robert decided to step down like a year and a half ago. And I knew I was going to go back into product and I had an idea, which was, you know, what if we could make, um, do what we're doing in type form, but think of a way to make it even more human. So video came mm-hmm. straight to mind. So I started iterating on an idea around how can we do like kind of data collection, data interaction with video. And the idea for video arts basically was born. And today what we have is a pretty fully fledged product that does video driven uh, interaction a bit like Typeform, uh, you know, you put out a video ask, you put out a Typeform, but it's all video, video driven. Uh, but furthermore, it's it's about creating relationships with customers. So you put out a video ask, you, you record yourself in video, people respond, they can respond via video, and then you can respond back. So you get into kind of an asynchronous video conversation. So it's really about relationship building. And it's, uh, First of all, I'm having a great time doing this, which is great because I'm back to what I want to do, which is designing products. And I'm even, I even learned to code a bit. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just the closest I can get to customers. And it's just what, what kind of like ticks my boxes more than being like a manager or anything like that. So just a, so, yeah. just a quick question on that. What is a co-CEO just for the people that might not understand? It's like you were distributing the tasks of a CEO, you're splitting them in two? Co-CEO is a perversion of being a, a CEO. <laughs> it's like replicating tasks or just trying to split there's, them because in a startup? Like, there's been co-CEO relationships that have worked. There's been co-CEO yeah. relationships that haven't worked. Usually what, what it is is two co-founders that can't decide on responsibilities or, or which one should go in front. I'm not saying that that's the case in us, but that can be yeah. a reason. And so they, they, they split some responsibilities. So, for example, with, with me, I was the kind of CEO more on the product side, although Perfect. I was still pretty hands-off uh, uh, and more on culture. And maybe Robert was doing culture as well with me, but much more in operations. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we were both trying to act as one CEO, but we were half a CEO, so kind of half as effective. And I think, like... At the end of the day, when you're a CEO, the buck has to stop with someone. And when you have two people, it kind mm. of dilutes that responsibility a bit. Exactly. You're kind of like looking at the other and so forth. And When I see like a co- a two co-CEOs or even three co-CEOs I've seen at yeah. the time, is yeah. that I always think, why 
why don't you get like just, just one CEO and a COO or something like that, right? Because I'm pretty sure you're not doing exactly the same task. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes co-CEO looks like CEO and and, uh, and COO. So. And operations. Yeah, exactly. And and how about like, so when did this, this <coughs> thought of, you know, letting go of the management of the first, or the forefront management of the, of the company cross your mind for the first time? Uh, was it a sort of, I want to focus on the product, as you say, or was it also, I don't think I'm the right person to take this company to the next level? All of the above. And it's, okay. a, it's a very gradual process. Like you don't, you don't wake up one day and you make that decision. It's like you start feeling that it's not the right thing for you. In my yeah. case, it took, I think it took years to come to get to that point, just because right. also me and Robert were so intrinsic into the culture And we had created a certain culture type form and kind of like extrapolating ourselves out of that uh, was not going to be like an an easy task. And I think we were afraid of that, of stepping down as well. Not because we were afraid of like, you know, we wanted to be CEOs and like hanging on to our titles or anything like that. But yeah, uh, I mean, me personally, I was afraid of 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 stepping down because I had a co-CEO and I didn't want to leave him by himself and like put a hmm. short responsibility on him. So yep. there was a lot of dynamics going on. Uh, but eventually I think we both realized actually that we weren't up for the task. Uh, we, we didn't have, let's say the experience or hadn't seen this amount of scale ever, but remember that we, we're first time founders. So we're first time yep. CEOs as well. And every day was a learning. So we've, we haven't like done that, you know, been, been through it, done that, the whole playbook. We didn't know. So at some point, like, you know, I think when we got to around 150 employees or a bit less, like it just started really dwelling on us and, and maybe we took too long to step down. Also, you have to find someone as well. And we, we didn't even look, we didn't go on a CEO search yeah, uh, just uh, our, our CEO fell into our lap, really, to be honest. So, yeah, actually, because this is part of um, the reason I'm asking this is about, you know, there's this, I don't know how it's exactly called in English, it's the imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. And um, and uh, yeah. we were talking about this with Carlos from Buddy, the CEO of Buddy. And, and on stage, we had this conversation where we both opened up and said, like, hey, how do you know if you're the right person? To take the company to the next level and and he he said that he was more often than not having this sort of feeling and i also have it in my company even though it's way smaller than than yours in type form right but sometimes i'm i feel like i wake up some of these days that i'm not the right person i'm not the right ceo for the company at this stage right yeah. so when was the when was the like the, the day that you finally took the decisions like hey okay we cannot postpone this anymore we cannot kick the can down the road any farther so the decision we got to the decision because the opportunity to step down mm-hmm. came about okay. so um we so I, I don't know if you know but Joachim Lecha is the CEO of yeah uh, type from social point right he came social point he was the chief financial officer and CEO. correct and uh Kim was on our board, um, was one of the directors on our board whilst he was still in Social Point. And we basically started striking up a good relationship. Obviously, he was in the board already. And, uh, you know, we, we thought it would be great to get him on board as a, as, as a COO because we felt we needed someone as a great. COO. We needed yeah. someone to kind of help us with the next stage of the company. Like we were kind of 
going into the you know the scale up stage from being a startup to a scale up. So actually, we brought in uh, Kim as a as a CEO, and then we realized quickly after, here's our chance. <laughs> like um, we think that Kim can be the CEO, and and okay. so at that point, that's when we 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 decided that it was a good opportunity to step down. Okay, was it that then? I understand it was a decision you took 100% yourselves, right? So it was not like investors sort of yeah, suggesting that. There was, there was loads of rumors around the company, everything like the, the Joaquin was like an implant and all this stuff. And but yeah, it's it's uh, no, it's a decision that we took ourselves. We decided to bring in Kim as our CEO, and we saw the opportunity to to make Kim CEO, and that. That there was no interference on that. Also, I mean, one thing that proves your point is that you're still in the company, you're still involved, you're leading these important new products, so things, things like that. Yeah, I remember there were a lot of, of rumors, but every every com big company uh, gets rumors just because you know it's it yeah. sells press, yeah. right? Um, what, how did how did your VCs react to that? They were understanding from the get-go. They help you with searching a new CEO. No, no, because we never started a CEO search. As I yeah. mentioned, this all happened organically. And of course, the investors knew uh, Kim because Kim was on the board. Great. So it was just an easy transition. It just made sense. And you know, you know, we had conversations with our board members that we didn't feel like. Yeah. You know, maybe the time is coming near or whatever so but we had never officially kicked off like any search or anything like that it just it like all things that type forms things tend to like happen naturally and like take uh, what's the expression in spanish las cosas caen por su propia yeah that that was uh that was definitely uh how it how it worked with us stepping down um, there's actually a, a good question coming from the audience. So thank you, Caroline, for the one, because it's really strictly related to what we're talking now. Is a, What would you recommend to other startups pursuing Series A and later funding to avoid losing control over this the, the top-level kind of hires, right? So C-level hires or so senior executive. Control of what? Of you as a founder losing control of your company? Probably, yes. I cannot answer for her, but uh, losing uh, control of the company, I, I understand. I, I don't know. Like... What, the advice that I could give to myself would be like, don't be afraid. Like you're here to add value. And if you, you need to be introspective and see at some point, you might not be the best person to lead the company, but it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you won't be valuable. So, you know, <laughs> don't be afraid. I mean, really, if, you, if you're not good enough, it'll become very apparent. Like your board will kind of like, they'll, 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 they'll maybe nudge you. People in the company may nudge you. And so, right. so I don't know. This idea about like trying to like desperately control your company, uh, you can put things in your contract when you accept investment to kind of prevent those things. But that's not the way we operate, uh, me and Robert. So it's kind of hard to advise in terms of like from a from a perspective of defense because also because it's the first company, right? And. Uh... Uh, yeah, you never know. And but also it really helps the fact that um Kim was already in your board, right? Because other companies bring in an external CEO or external, you know, senior manager, yeah. and they are they go on a on a on a you know, they go searching for this kind of profile. So they bring people who are not never been related. So that makes that makes it more difficult to blend and to gel with yeah. this kind of people. And, you know? and Kim was brought in as a CEO. We, yeah, we he started in a CEO, different role. A few months later, he transitioned to CEO. How and then since you decide, like the moment you decided 
to start this transition for Kim to become the CEO? How long did it take until you felt you successfully completed it? Or is it still going on? It's still going on, but I think we had a turning point uh, a few months ago. Um, it was tough, the transition. Like We had a really kind of uh, complicated culture at Typeform. Hmm. I think there was many great as aspects, but there was also some really problematic things, which um, in a way, you know, we wanted Kim to come in and change those things. We wanted to be better operationally. We want to keep the best things about Typeform, but lose some of the things that were really like keeping us behind and certain cultural aspects. So, so yeah. Um, what was the question? Sorry, I lost my <laughs> Yeah, no worries. Now, I, I was just saying that how long did it take until you felt that you had actually succeeded in or completed successfully the yeah, process of I mean, taking it, over? Like, right? It's ongoing, but it, it took a year and it was tough. Like, yeah, I don't think Kim was well accepted in the beginning. There was there, there was a whole leadership change as well. A lot of changes. A lot of people mm -hmm. left Typeform. A lot of people have now joined as well. Like, It was a big cultural shift that we had to do because some things just at the core weren't working in my, yeah. but you know, people, there's people on the other side, which have other opinions. That's for sure. But you know, we had to make a decision. I remember reading in, in this one, I don't remember the book exactly, but they say that if you want to change, replace the CEO of a company is under hundred employees. It takes up to a year. Yeah. Uh, around 100 or 100 plus is one year to one year and a half. Over a thousand, it's more than two years, right? Yeah, I, I so, that, but yeah, it sounds. sounds what was that? I never, I, I've never heard that, but it sounds sounds about right. Sounds sounds reasonable. And how did people perceive this in the company internally? Right? The, of course, you brought in somebody who was already involved with the company at board level. Then he, but when he joined as a COO, right? Why uh, you could understand that some people felt aggravated by the fact that they, they they thought they could be promoted to COO from within the organization, right? Do you think that's something that happened in the company when you try to bring these uh, external roles for senior management? Because that's always, you know, a point of friction between existing employees and... Yeah, no, not, not in particular, to be honest. Not in this, not in this case. Okay. And then when... Okay, and when he was promoted to CEO, there was absolutely not, not the same. In terms of culture, you mentioned that, and that's really important. I wanted to get, to get into that as well. So how did that spread? First of all, how did you communicate that? When was the right moment to communicate it to the rest of the team? Who did it? I, I take it you did it as a you and Rover, right, as the yeah, founders? Uh, yeah, we got up in front of the whole company, and we, uh, we, we, we just told the whole company you know, the reasons why we were doing it, and mm. introducing Kim, and kind of backing him up, saying that this is why this is the right decision, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's never an easy thing to like change something. Like, bear in mind, like yeah. Kim is very different. He's very different to me and and Robert. Comes very from financials. <laughs> Comes from you know operation totally background, but yeah, that's got some really strong core values that I really respect. Um, yeah. So was it, you know, it, it, it's not easy. Like if it was just another type of, of another CEO, which looked like me and Robert, but it seemed more scale, um, maybe it would have been easier, but maybe it wouldn't have changed the way we actually wanted things to change. We wanted some of that balance. Like 
Typeform has always been a very emotional company in terms of like mm-hmm. emotional design, emotional culture, and so forth. Even a management, maybe. Yes, everything okay. was always there was a lot of consensus. Uh, mm-hmm. Always treating people very fairly, like maybe over fairly, like to the point that like people maybe aren't even giving honest feedback. So, yes, in my opinion, you need a balance, and everything, and 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 Typeform was out of balance. It was always always heart, like not enough brain. Not enough thinking big. Like, what are the consequences of like being too emotional on everything? So, really, um, we had this analogy of like the heart and the brain, and and me and Robert were definitely the the, the heart of the company, but we were missing that kind of that yeah. brain to balance things out, and that's why we brought in Kim as CEO to kind of balance that. Actually, um, I remember I heard from one of the one of the ex employees that that quit around that time, eh, jokingly. But they said something along the lines of like they're trying to turn it into a business now, right? <laughs> as in, as in, it was like the ideal place to work in. You know, it was you know it was built by designers, very product people oriented mostly. And now there's you know there's like rules and stuff, there right? Was, there, there was so much drama because we created such yeah. an expectation how of how things should operate, and it just became this bubble, bubble, bubble that just grew and grew, and just one day it just. It had to burst. I have I have been part of a couple of exodus in my previous companies, right? Uh, and when somebody like is key to the company leaves us, oh, it, it kind of like creates a domino effect, right? This person leaves, and then this this other, then people start feeling kind of like the pure pressure. Wow, everybody's leaving. I'm maybe I should leave. I, I should leave as well. Or all my friends in the company have left. Yeah. How did you perceive at any time that you had like a sort of an internal bleeding in terms of people leaving the company? And how did you stop that? Or how did you communicate and manage that, that sort of feeling yeah, inside the company? A lot of people, a lot of people definitely left because they saw yeah. like the old type form is changing and they didn't want to adapt or didn't want to have time. And they'd also been in the company for a long time. Yeah. Bear in mind that we had like very little uh, attrition before, before. I know. Moment. So we had a whole bunch of people that have been there like over three years. So some people were coming to the end of their cycle, didn't want to maybe, uh, you know, see the new, uh, a new period through and, and they left. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons people, mm-hmm. you know, um, sometimes they're more dramatic, sometimes they're less dramatic, but essentially uh, it's, it's a normal part of like companies maturing up and, and let's say the, the, the old group of people, Uh, many will leave, and this 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 happens in many many startups. Yeah, because I remember like the, the the last time somebody left in our company, within you know the time frame of a month, three people left, and we we're twelve, so it's not a really big company, right? Um, and so kind of like we had the thought of wow, something's happening, but it stopped there. It's been three years since that happened. Nobody has quit the company ever yeah. since, right? So it's, um, but of course that creates some sort of internal tension in management, right? So yeah. when did you start acting on that, or did you actually do anything to to prevent people from from leaving, or you were fine with it because it's like, okay, maybe they're not the kind of people we need now. I, I stood up in the in the in the comp- in front of the whole company and I said, not in front of the door, right? Right, <laughs> not in front of the door. <laughs> no, 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 sometimes. I, I yeah. literally stood up in front of the whole company, and this was as a founder, it was after uh, right. the transition, and I said, look, things are different. We're making a transition. If if this is not for you, 
that's okay. Like it's time to get off the bus. And I actively ask people to get off the bus because I want people to be happy. Like I don't want people to be here and not feeling comfortable. Like there's a whole bunch of talented people in Typeform and they can, they can, they can be as happy in Typeform in another company and add value. And it's, it's totally fine. I always think like your next job is your best job. Like you always mm. like from there so these are just like cyclical things you know like they come they come in cycles and it's 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 completely normal i don't think we need to like over dramatize like people leaving companies and startups like changing stage right. and like going through a different going through culture changes it's fine and like you know one thought that i had at the time like oh, all these people are leaving where are we going to find all these like great people that left and what you find is that more great people come in and like they contribute and like they're all great human beings and they're motivated. Right? I think all the, the let's say the, the new people that have come into Typeform are just as interesting as the other people that left. And it's just hmm. it's more people that are attracted to the to, to to the mission we have, to the vision we have, to the culture, and they want to add value. So I want people to come in the company that are going to do that, that are that are that are connected, uh, and people that are disconnected. That's hmm. fine. They, it's 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 not a drama. It's uh, and yeah. you would think you would think in an ideal world that would be the people who leave the company because they're not happy with it, and then the people who stay in the company because they're happy. But there's this uncomfortable group of grumpy people who stay in the company <laughs> too long. They're not aligned with the new management, but they don't want to leave the company, and they're literally a pain in the neck. Right? Yeah. Did you have to deal with these people as well, and how did you manage yeah. this? This. Yeah their expectations because they are hard to deal with. And I know because I'm one of these persons. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I hope, I don't know, but I hope that doesn't exist anymore, that that situation resolved itself, that eventually the people that were just unhappy for too long, like decided to leave. I don't get a feeling that that's the case anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a really good positive, like get to work, like pragmatic attitude now in, in, in type form. At least that's what I see. And, uh, and that's what I, I enjoy like I've also changed. I think I'm more pragmatic in things. I more direct, more honest, more real, um, less idealistic, but still with ideals and, and, and much more customer driven. Like we're here to serve customers, not just ourselves. Like mm -hmm. I felt before in the past, like it was <laughs> we kind of had an inverse model where, or it felt like an inverse model where it was, we had this motto, people first, but it felt like it was always the employee first and the, uh, and the customer last. Right. Yeah. All and, right. And that, that, that's not healthy. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's customer, it's company, it's team, and then the individual. And so that's a healthy pyramid. That doesn't mean just because the individual is at the bottom that we're not, they don't need to be treated well. But there is a list of priorities in, in terms of like the greater good. Like if we don't do well for customers, how will the company survive? You know, if the company can't survive, Correct. how can we um, pay salaries and keep people uh, working? Right? Yeah. If we don't have a company. How can we have teams which have individuals in them? So it's not like you're printing money, right? <laughs> but it's 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 we kind of had this inverse like like concept of it. And I think we've got our priorities right now. Yeah. And Typeform is a great place to work. It still is a great place to work. You walk in the morning, it's a, like, it just has this positive attitude and, and, and at least that's what I feel. I mean, maybe I'm just like deluded because I'm the founder, but. Um, Definitely. 
I don't feel the same way as I did in the past, in the past culture. Like I feel like much more like strong about how things are today than in the past. So do you feel like you're able to concentrate more on the things you like doing as opposed to the things you have to do? Because as a CEO, yeah. 80% of your time is things you have to do versus 20 is things you like doing. I would argue it's 95 versus five, but what's your well, take I'm, on it? I'm, I'm doing what I love, which is designing and, exactly. and, and, and uh, managing a product. Managing means like deciding on product direction. And, and uh, yeah, I love that. And I, I, I can touch things i can even touch code so it's great i've got my hands on a product and i just want to add value and give the best i can to to, to to the customers and that translates into value for 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 customers value for the company value for teams so it's you need to be customer focused it's so important like once you've got that mm-hmm. right then everything flows from there i understand that however you have retained sort of a say in the in the company because you're still in the board right so that's the way you keep connected to the decisions making so it's not like you have given up on strategy because maybe people who don't understand this transition i'm in the leadership team i'm on the board correct um, but i'm now an individual contributor running a team of of developers uh working on a product basically um so So in a way, in a way, feels weird that you're sort of reporting to the CEO who should be reporting to you as a founder because you're in the board, right? So it creates this kind of complex uh, relationship. So how did you feel? How did, uh, over the time, maybe not the first days, I understand that you were still as, uh, acting as a CEO and maybe it was Robert, you and Kim being three CEOs because you were transitioning, right? So it was very, it was not clearly defined. It was still very blurry. But how about how about now? Like some months in, um, uh, how do you feel about? Do you feel relieved? Do you feel like, oh, I would do this differently? How do you this fear of missing out, or do you still get this this I don't know this urge, or maybe like a feeling that you should be taking over something? No, nope, not anymore. No. <laughs> It was relieving for you, right? Plus, I, I feel you know I can influence the product, the company as a founder. By having conversations and 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 giving my feedback, and you know, hopefully people will take that feedback seriously and and act on it. But it's it's just feedback. I'm there to guide more than anything. So um, no no regrets. I'm actually having the best the best time in my career actually right now. So, so far, so that's great because you're create you're sort of creating with video ask. You're sort of creating a new type form within type form, right? So yeah, how does it feel in terms of the, the expectation? Was that? Like a little startup within a scale-up. <laughs> exactly. It's a startup within a scale-up, but it's obviously not as difficult. It's still difficult because you're still trying to create you know, a new brand, a new product, it's a new team, monetize yeah. it. But in terms of comparing it to the first days of Typeforms, of Typeform, where you didn't have you know, revenue or you, it was your first company. So yeah. what things do you think they're easier right now? Just because you're inside. Well, we don't have to spend time thinking about funding. Like right now, I don't have to think anything like in terms of management. Like it's just pure product. So in the beginning of Typeform, we were very product focused, but we had to do some management. We had to hire the team and so forth. Now, basically, we have an HR department that does the hiring for us. Uh, we have a security team doing the security. We have a marketing team doing some of the work for, for us on video ask. 
So it's like a luxury position. Like we have all, all the services of Typeform, but um, without the strings of needing to raise capital or, or, or doing any of the things that you need to do when you first start a startup. So, yeah. So is it an independent team? Is a, do you it's a, plan it's, to spin it off or? No, it's, it's within Typeform. It's another swarm, basically. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, Videosk is a separate product completely. So we're, we Correct. don't have dependencies on Typeform. So we can basically move independently. Okay, uh, and you but you're in control of the hiring of this time uh, this team right now, or or even yeah, in the entire I mean, company. Yes, I hired the team, but I have support from HR in terms of like finding candidates and all this stuff. So let's say I don't have to do personally any of the admin work around hiring people or the, the groundwork. When I first started the company with Robert, we had to do all that. So now it, it's not necessary. And what, what, what are you looking for in the people you hire right now? What has changed since the transition? What different set of attitudes, skills, soft skills, or, you know, or even roles that I, you didn't I have before? Change that much, to be honest. Um, I always look for, like, good people in terms of being humble, honest, mm -hmm. like, um, genuine, authentic. But I also want people that can kick ass and that are really good at what they do. I, I think the, the criteria is still was there at the beginning and it's still it's still there there now. I think maybe I've just put a bit more emphasis in terms in, in terms of like working with people that, that that I can really communicate with as well. Like that um, that 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 are not too insular, that you know can work well in a team. So maybe, you know. I'm indexing more on that now than maybe in the beginning, let's say. So. And do you see, where do you see um, video ask and, and yourself in, in a few years? This is something that you can branch off the company or, or I don't know. It will eat type form from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> um, and some, some companies like, especially in bigger corporates, right? They sort of have to reinvent themselves if they don't want to be, they don't want to be, um, Then, you know, if they don't want to be disrupted, uh -huh. some of the biggest companies, they have completely changed their business model and they have adopted something that was disrupting them, like a, a model of a startup, right? Oh. And they have phagocitated well, their, the business model. What I would say is that Videosk is not Typeform trying to reinvent itself. Typeform has, the, That's the product, has a long, exciting roadmap to go and a, an amazing vision as a product. Mm -hmm. Um It's just uh, attacking the problem from a different angle in a different way, let's say. Um, so in terms of the future, my future within the, the, within the team, like it's going to scale up, it, it grow, like we'll spin off probably another team soon and well, in a few months. Uh, and then maybe my role will start getting a bit more distance and maybe I'll look at like doing some more R&D work. In fact, The Videos team is officially called the R&D team, which yeah. is certain, and Videos was, came out of that, let's say, team. Um, so maybe I will fall back into like doing more like experimental stuff. I don't know, but, uh, you know, Videos has the potential to be the as big as, as, as the Typeform product. I think um, it's, it's really exciting what we're seeing with, um, with people going more online. Uh, well, and that's been exciting. Accelerated by obviously the events with COVID-19, 
um, and people are looking for ways to connect and through business and tool like VideoAsk is really uh, quite quite an app tool for that. So, are you hiring actually? Sorry, are you hiring actually? Yeah, we are. So okay, because the COVID has affected a lot of people. So, well, one of, one of them was about this about hiring, right? As a, a lot of people have been, a lot of companies have been affected by COVID. Uh, but irrespective of that, you're probably the kind of company that used to be the hottest company in the in the market in Barcelona. So it was easy to attract people for a while. Everybody wanted to work for Typeform. But do you feel like it's not like this anymore, or you still get a lot of applications? Oh, yes. It's it's only grown. It's like, only growing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. It's, uh, How do you attract them? Like, do you, do you attract them? Do you reach them out directly, or is it something that just no, you get so much deal flow that combination of everything? But Typeform has a really, really strong brand. Yeah, I know. Like all this, we were talking about culture change and some like management issues. Like people don't know about that. Like only people that are in the let's say I know involved in that situation. Uh, know about it to be honest so typhoon is a really strong brand and very respected as a product so we're seeing yeah we're seeing a lot of people are still applying and uh, maybe you want to you want to know with COVID-19 has hiring been affected is that yeah what? maybe that would be great if you gave us some visibility. Uh, I don't know I don't know the answer to be honest uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure the funnel has reduced a bit but maybe there's some people also looking for new opportunities now so um Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. And outside of hiring, how has it affected you as a company? Because VideoWast, I take it, has grown because of that. But Typeform overall? So, um, of course, for example, we run... Typeform is being used by a lot of small businesses. Um, so, you know, this is a time where small businesses need to fold back and they're kind of yeah. canceling their subscription. So that's happened. But you'll see... We also see a lot of new customers coming in which are looking to take their business more online. So uh, we haven't seen uh, a, a big effect from COVID-19. Uh, it's been, we're, st we're still on budget basically in terms of like our projections of growth. So mm -hmm. no, no surprises there. Have you changed your KPIs? Mm, because I take it that maybe now it's not so important to monetize or to, to get to acquire new customers that are like paying customers versus... pretty much... The same, same North Star, Star metrics. Uh, North, North Star metric. We still track everything as we as we have. Basically, I mean, we just we, we just the whole company suddenly went remote, and it was like yeah, I was going to ask about that. After it felt like completely normal. It was, it was, it was, it was okay. I mean, I think I mean, also like a business, a business like ours. Uh, is fortunate compared to other businesses which may be relying on people being face-to-face. -face. Like, I guess Stream is a restaurant, for example, or a restaurant chain. Like, uh, they can't do? operate. I mean, well, there's even some, some, some startups in Barcelona which have gone to, like, zero, almost zero in revenue because... The travel companies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their, their, their revenue model is just predicated on people moving around. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 going to be tough for companies like that over the next couple of years. Whilst the confidence comes, were back. you were you remote? Uh, speaking of remote, a lot of companies have had to adopt it forcefully, right? So um, I don't know if you were a company that was 
friendly towards remote? Did you offer like full remote to people or maybe just only self-remote? We have some remote teams. Great. Uh, fully remote teams. Uh, but we didn't, let's say, have, but that's changing now. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm going to get this wrong, but we, we, we didn't have like blended teams in the past. We, okay. We had some fully remote. In fact, VidiOsk is like one of the first team where we, I think where we're starting to blend it. Like my team has, has, has remote people. And now I think what we've learned through all this is like you can go remote and it can work and, and life goes on as normal. And I think that's the biggest shift in how companies are going to work in the future because many companies which were scared of going remote, they were forced into actually running a live experiment with their entire company. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that's, I, I honestly think that the future of workplace has fundamentally changed and, and we're not going to go back to what we had before. It's going to be a different new thing. So remote is here to stay. It's a what? Sorry? It's here to stay. Yeah. I mean. In type form, I understand. Yeah, yeah, no, everything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's a new thing. Because we're I, not going to go back to what we had for sure. No, of course, but some companies, you know, they were forced to do remote overnight, but they were they were not lucky to be a SaaS or a software company or a tech savvy company like probably you are. And you've got essentially, you know, salespeople, marketing people, designers, and developers, which is 100% stuff that can be done remotely, right? Other companies, they don't have, you know, a VPN in place. They don't have the work, you know, the workflows in place. They don't even have the people. Yeah. that are actually capable of working remotely. So they might be revoking that remote uh, perk from, <laughs> from, yeah. from, from their benefits as soon as this uh, is over, right? A lot of companies and, and a lot of people are having a very hard time through this. Like, yeah. we're, we're, in, we're in a privileged position. Like, very lucky in that respect. Um, also, another cool thing that, that I think you, you guys do, and I think you deserve more credit, is you're able to attract a lot of international people to Barcelona who then stay in Barcelona and create other companies, right? So how did you, how did you achieve, how, why do you think you achieved this sort of international attraction for Barcelona? I think it's down to a very open culture. Mm -hmm. um, and English is a first language in, in the office. Maybe that's something that wasn't, very prevalent in the past. Maybe more companies are doing that now. Um, and we always had a blend from the beginning. So, you know, I remember when we were 30 people in the company, we had like loads of different nationalities. So people were bringing in other people from all over the world as well. So it, it, it was like that from the beginning. Um, yeah. Two quick questions to wrap this up. And um, we're done for today. First one is how long did it take video long video has to launch from idea yeah, to customer sent and uh, what was it like to create a spin-off within a company? That's the question from Alejandro. How long was it before we launched? Yeah, from idea to delivering it to customers. So uh, from idea to putting out the first piece of product, which was an iOS app, around two and a half months. Okay. And then we iterated from there and then around Six months, seven months later, we put out the full product, which was we, we went out of beta, put on the, um, the business model and, and went to market properly. So we've been in the market as a, let's say, non-beta product for four months since, uh, since late December. You would probably have been faster had you been outside of Typeform, but probably you wouldn't have had, you know, other benefits, right? 
What's the trade-off? Would, would we have been faster? Uh, no, I was operating it like as if it was like a, a new okay. startup. Very few people working on it, just like very quick iteration, very lean, mm -hmm. uh, no dependencies, no blockers, uh, very yeah. quick decisions. But uh, you didn't have to worry about financials in the beginning, right? No. Yeah, as opposed to... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We were like, yeah, in a, in a in pretty... Yeah, uh, unique position. Okay, and the last one, then, and this this one is for me. It's uh, also might be a self help um, question, but also to a lot of people in the audience might be relevant. Is what is the one, two, three signs or kind of like red flags that whenever we identify them, we feel it's time to quit as a CEO of a company, right? When is definitely that thing that goes like, okay, this is definitely the point where you, if if you think about this, if you feel like you know, your, your job sucks or, or you're, you know, you're crying at night or things like that. I don't know if I'm not saying that was your case, well, but what are the, like the red lines? It's like, yeah. if you cross this line, you need to quit. Being stressed as a CEO is part of the, uh, <laughs> it's part of being a CEO, but if it just gets to your core and you're not able to manage that, then you know that you, it's, it, it's not a healthy thing. So If really you wake up every morning wishing <laughs> you weren't the CEO of the company, then you should probably probably quit. And then, I mean, try to get feedback from people around, like get honest feedback, uh, speak with people, invite feedback. Like, am I doing a good job? Like, am I meeting your expectations? Um, otherwise, you're just going to live in your little bubble world where you, you're not sure you're good, you're sure you're good, but uh, or you're scared of stepping down, scared of not stepping down. So two things there. And lastly, yeah. um, I think it's just timing as well. There will mm -hmm. come a point where, where you'll just know. You'll just know that the company is better off without you leading than with you staying. Like it will just feel a certain amount of time will pass and you'll know that you can bring in someone better. It seems, it seems to me that everything like dawned on you, but like nobody told you directly because uh, to give a little bit of context, I'm the kind of person who would go to the CEO and say like, hey, I think you're not doing your job right and you should be doing this and that. Should be like, I give, I'm really direct and really blunt with feedback, right? But I know that these these day there, there will come a day where somebody will do that to me, right? So we um, definitely didn't get enough feedback, and it's also in reference to my point of the old type exactly. of culture where everyone wants to be nice and not be honest. They they uh, were not saying this kind of things yeah. to you. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I did go to people and say, "Hey, you should be there. You're the heart of the culture. It's so important that you stay as uh, yeah. as CEO." And that was from membership uh, people from the leadership team as well. Uh, but never got really dished out the like the, the hard like feedback, and I think that would have been more helpful to be honest. Mm, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, because if you're if you're too con maybe too condescending or too you know keep this kind of super positive feedback all the time, you don't get across the tough points, right? You don't have half hard conversations, right? right. Plus, right. who knows whether it's a good decision at the time, whether it's a good decision or not a good decision, whether you should be CEO or not be CEO. At the end of the day, you take a decision and then you see how it is and then you know a year later whether it worked or not. So, you know. Irrespective of whether you are a CEO or not, 
I think Typeform is really lucky to still have you around because you're the heart and the soul of the company, you and Robert, that is. Um, but um, so a lot of success, um, wishing you the best of success with Typeform, VitaOSC, and stay healthy. Thank you very much for your time. I think we can so wrap it up here. Thank you everyone for listening and stay well. And thank you for taking the time to, to join our, our event and sharing your experience with our community. Stay healthy. See you next time, David. Have a nice week. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. We are Mars-based, an all-remote consultancy from Barcelona, specializing in web and mobile development. We help all kinds of companies, from startups to big corporations, to conceptualize, design, and develop solutions for their business using technology. And now, how can we help you?